Hello and welcome to a very special episode where I, Keith, joined Den and Chris from the Keep Pound Den podcast, as well as Josh Klein, managing editor for the Riot Report and host of It Is What It Is and One Day Contract. We discuss the Panthers' final 53-man roster. The Roaring Riot podcast returns this week with our take on the final 53, plus a look ahead to the season opener. And we chat with Andrew from Atlanta ahead of the Roaring Riot takeover in week two. Enjoy. Do not adjust your podcast styles, ladies and gentlemen. You are indeed listening to a very special crossover edition of Keep Pound Den. When the Panthers send almost 40 players out to the waiver wire, well, we need to talk about it immediately, and who better to join me than the hosts of your favorite podcasts all across the, the Riot Network, which is, of course, powered by our friends at Ortho Carolina. We've got Keith Hall from the Roaring Riot podcast, Josh Klein from It Is What It Is and One Day Contract. So if you like what you hear today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review all the podcasts over on the Riot Network. My name's Den, and if you're listening on a different podcast feed, and you like the fiery takes you're probably about to hear, well, you should subscribe to our show as well. We're joined by my co-host, Chris, who just three days ago put up 67 points in NFL Blitz, by the way. The Panthers now have a 53-man roster, and just seven days from today, the train tracks will be filled with Roaring Riot members ready to watch this team play a real-life game. So let's get right into it. Josh Klein, first of all, man, thanks for putting this all together. Uh, yesterday was a pretty di- busy day for you, my friend, uh, as I could imagine. No, well, uh, you're the one that's actually hosting. I, uh, uh, this is giving you a great chance to already start drinking beer. Is that cool at 10 a.m., right? No, that, that's a, totally uh, fine. It's Labor Day weekend. It's, it's technically Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> it's Labor Day weekend. So, uh, yeah, nothing, nothing better than, uh, grilling up some hot dogs and some hamburgers and, uh, yelling about how Deshaun Hall is or is not a bust. Yeah, we'll we'll get into that one. That's one of the uh, one of the bigger news of the day. But um, Keith, hey, hey man, I want to say hi to you. What's going on over there in the uh, in the Capital Riot Land? Well, we're in the Twin City right now. So I am currently in the Twin City, which is Winston Salem, North Carolina. We are the Camel City Riot, and just oh. trying to try, trying to get through the uh, the cuts from from this past weekend and and come to grips with this fifty three man roster. And it's not so it's not so bad. Uh, probably sounds a little worse than than what what i actually feel but uh it's interesting to see where we are and we'll get right into it nice dude yeah i probably should have put that in the notes the uh, the riot switch there but hey we're, we're still happy to uh to have you on today and uh chris again from here at keep pound den coming off that big 67 win off your three-year-old son uh for I, the record i put up 77 on him this morning oh okay wow. okay yeah okay is that with was that with carrie collins and Cocaine Carrier, big time. Mark Carrier had five touchdowns. It was a glorious affair. Yeah, yeah. Reminds well, hey, me of real life. <laughs> let's get right into this, guys. Uh, you know, it's Saturday or yesterday, always one of the tough days for, for some guys making the team or trying to make a team. Um, 37 or 38, I believe, technically, players uh, told there was just not enough room for them yesterday. Um, you know, let's just hop into some of kind of the the bigger news of the day, of course, Panthers trading that uh, 2020 seventh round pick to the Lions for Corey Robinson uh, was a former seventh round pick, played eight games in Detroit last season. Um, Josh, how do you feel about that? That surprised you at all? That uh, obviously looking for, for tackle depth, but uh, uh, as far as, as who they went for? I think if we're a lot of people, when they saw that the Panthers had traded for a tackle, expected that they had just traded for Joe Thomas or, you know, Jordan Gross. But the reality is they traded a conditional seventh round pick, which usually means that if uh, a guy doesn't spend, I think it's four games on the roster, then that seventh round pick just doesn't even exist. That's actually the same trade kind of that they traded last year for Kevon Seymour. They, uh, they sent a conditional seventh rounder to Buffalo and then because Kalen Clay wasn't on their roster for four games, they didn't actually send them that pick. So I think that's kind of where we're at right now. And I think that Corey Robinson is going to come in and provide depth. If you are excited about Jeremiah Searles, I think you should be the same level of excitement about Corey Robinson. He is a very serviceable tackle. He is an NFL player. He's going to come in and put a body in front of some defensive ends, which is 
something that the Panthers are sorely lacking right now with four uh, offensive linemen injured, including one onto injured reserve for the season. So I think that I think he's going to be fine. I am not sure that he is not going to start week one, which is exciting. I guess I don't. I don't know. Is it cool to trade for a to someone for a right tackle that might be starting week one? <laughs> yeah, the, the the basically the week of week one. Yeah, I think that's that's safe, right? I mean, that to be fair, the, the Bears traded for a linebacker yesterday. I don't know if you heard about that. He's probably going to start week one. Yeah, yeah he's a really probably. good point. Yeah, he's definitely got some potential. This is pretty much the same situation. <laughs> um, Rob is a local guy too. Well, local North Carolina guy. He's yeah. from uh, from Havelock. 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 Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. And uh, according to the comments here, he's a former Gamecock as well. So mm, that's disappointing. What's up, Captain Monarlin is so excited. <laughs> Uh, some other, some other kind of, I thought it was kind of surprising news. Uh, FAO bottom making the Panthers for now at least, and uh, then parting ways with Deshaun Hall. You know, third round pick, twenty seventeen. Um, besides Hall, it, it's it's kind of cool to see that twenty seven twenty seventeen draft class and how much of a splash they could make this year. Of course, uh, McCaffrey, Samuel, Moten, um, Hall now you know cut, but Corn Elder, my. Uh, my boy, my breakout star of this year, and uh, Alex Arma, and um, we won't talk about that kicker that they drafted, but... Uh, no, he was pretty year. good. He's yeah. really, really good. That was a great yeah, pick. I mean, yeah. well, 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 I mean, exactly. as, as far as making a splash for us, I mean, but... Um, well, he made a big splash last year when they kept two kickers. That was very... That was there you go. He, yeah, he actually like gave us time to give. something to talk about. Yeah, I like that. Um, but hey, let's, let's go down some of these positions. Um... Josh, I'm, I'll let you kind of uh, captain as far as uh, which positions to talk about. Let's. Uh, where do you want to start? I think we should start at quarterback, right? I think that was the you know there was a there was a semi quarterback controversy. Obviously, not for starter, but for the first time in Cam Newton's career, there was a competition for his backup. And I think that I think ultimately they made the right choice, but. For me, when you see somebody like Landry Jones get cut from the Steelers, would Landry Jones be a better option as a backup quarterback than Taylor Heineke? I don't know specifically whether he would fit into the system, whether he is how he's even looked the past three years, but I just remember when Roethlisberger was hurt two or three years ago, Landry Jones stepped in and did an acceptable job. And would he be better than Taylor Heineke? I think Taylor Heineke played better than Garrett Gilbert, but that doesn't necessarily mean that he's ready to be an NFL backup. Yeah, I, th- I think one of the things that we talked about a lot, um, kind of this off season and actually most seasons, is let's be real: the the Carolina Panthers aren't the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, QB one goes down, that we're not going to the Super Bowl, um, and, and that's fine. There's a lot of other depth to fill on that team, but you know, Heineke he started off the preseason. I thought pretty good as as far as his first few games, and I felt like his kind of passing declined. But we talked about it this week, Chris. Um, you know, I think he f- at least fits the Panthers' offense more than a back any backup quarterback that we've kind of seen behind Cam. I think has it only been Derek Anderson? Yeah. Well, and they had they carried Kaya for a little bit last season as well, and I think there was some hope there that he could run that type of offense. But yeah, you're right. Heineke's the first guy that we've had here that could possibly run a very similar offense. Um, not to throw shade or you know dirt on a dead body, but Derek Anderson just wasn't that good the last few years when he got in. I feel like they had to change the game plan way too much for him. But um, you know, with Heineke, he does some of the same things, and he's got some speed, as we saw on that uh, that rushing touchdown he had against uh, was that New England two weeks mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, with what we had to work with, he was the the best choice, and I think Josh is right. Uh, it could be a Landry Jones. It could be somebody else who got cut. Um, I think this is one of those situations where just because the 53 was set yesterday doesn't mean it's going to be the same 53 tomorrow. Uh, we see that every year. So who knows? We also, and you know, people kind of chalked it up to it being our, our, our fourth preseason game secondary, but what about Josh Dobbs? I thought he had a, I thought he looked really good. I mean, you can, you can call it what yeah, you but want. Pittsburgh kept him. No, I know, but I'm can't. right. I'm just saying, you know, as far as people that are out there is Heineken, not, he's not out there, but there were people in the preseason that might have looked better than Heineke as, as far as what Josh sure. was saying. So uh, 
Pro Football Talk wasn't uh, wasn't shy to throw out the Kaepernick name out there, uh, taking a shot at the Panthers, saying they'll sign Taylor Heineke. Who the hell is he? Um, and you know people won't sign Kaepernick. But hey, if, if Kaepernick a wants to play, for- shot to take because it's <laughs> like uh, uh, how many backup quarterbacks in the league are not as good as Colin Kaepernick? And I don't think that it's fair to just throw shade at Taylor exactly. Heineke just because he has a has a name with K's in it that sounds similar to Kaepernick. <laughs> Once again, it's just Darren Gant strikes again. Well, they, they're throwing shade at it, at it, something that actually kind of made sense. I, I felt like if you're going to throw shade, throw shade at a quarterback that doesn't fit a team. I think that Heineke at least can fit the offense and make it work versus kind of having to throw it, the plan out the window. But hey, And if Kaepernick wants to come play here for 750 k I don't think anyone here is going to say no for that either, you know? Hey, Dan, you make a good point about Heineke, though, because he did really seem to be very well managing the games. He he does seem to fit into what the Panthers offer. So, yeah, Kaepernick would make a big name, a big splash. There'd be a lot of people talking about that, uh, both pro and con. But I think that the Panthers made the decision that needed to be made here, and it was the right one for the time. So I'm comfortable with Heineke, and I think that he simply did outplay Gilbert. For the position. I agree. I think he definitely outplayed Gilbert, but my issue with Heineke in that we saw in this small stretch of the preseason is that he starts slow. Every game that he's come in, he has been one for his first five, and then he heats up a little bit, and that's not the that's not what you need from your backup quarterback. You need somebody that's going to be like a microwave, like a Vinnie Johnson that's going to come in. Nice. Nice reference. Uh, you need somebody that's going to come in and and be able to make that sudden change to come off the bench cold and make plays and perhaps keep your team in a game. You know, if Cam Newton gets hurt, it doesn't matter if there's a minute and a half left in the game and they're down by five. Heinke has to come in and he doesn't have he's not going to have that adjustment period to uh, to kind of heat up like he has been doing over the preseason. So that's something I think he's going to have to work on as a uh, if he's going to be a competent backup in this in this league. And there's nothing that says that he can't, you know, he could certainly be a guy that is the backup quarterback for the next six years of Cam Newton career. Did you say like a microwave? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. You know, that great, reference, great right? Analogy. That's a really, that, that maybe was, I don't, solid ref. I don't know. But don't, but don't forget that when the, when the, when your starting quarterback starts to, to not produce so well, the secondary quarterback, the, the backup quarterback becomes the most popular player on the team. Down, yeah. well, let's, let's not forget when when Jake Delhomme was was throwing ducks out there, that everyone was clamoring for Chris Winkie, and we, we knew what we had there. I, I I sat through the Jimmy Garoppolo Tom Brady talk for for a while, so we'll uh, we'll let that go for another day though. Um, all right, we don't need to spend too much more time on the on the quarterbacks. Josh, what do you uh, what do you want to go to next? Uh, I mean, let's go right down to running backs, right? Because I think a lot of people thought that there was a chance that Kenyon Barner was going to make this roster, and I saw a lot of. Um, I think like vitriol is the right word for it on, on Twitter for Cameron Arsene because, you know, a lot of people are expecting him. He's in the final year of his rookie contract. So it's one way or the other with cap people either want him to get all the carries and they're mad that he's not getting the usage that they think he should, or they think he should just be a better player, even though he's not getting the carries. So it's, it's like in between have those thoughts. Um, I, I wasn't surprised that cap made the roster. I think, that that to me is the most Ron Rivera move of all time is to have two guys that are fairly similar. So I'm just going to keep the guy that I'm already familiar with. And that is um, that I, that doesn't surprise me. And then once Kenyon Barner didn't make the roster, it seemed pretty clear that Demir Bird was going to. Um, there was a lot of talk. I personally didn't think that Demir was going to make the roster. I thought that they would keep five instead of six. And I'm not. I I, I mean. Sometimes I'm wrong, and I'm willing to eat crow on that because I've been saying for the past week that I didn't think Demir was going to make it. So I'm glad that he is. I'm glad that he's back. I think he's uh, has the ability to change the game on special teams, which is his best value. But um, yeah, I, I think that is pretty, pretty, uh, pretty exciting. But at the same time, who knows what's going to happen between today and Week One at Dallas? Last year at this time, we were all celebrating how Alex Arma had made the team and he was going to have a huge impact and then he uh, waved at about noon today so no, no no wait that sounds bad he was not waved this year today last year was that i we, feel like we I, got you I, you're it, it, sorry, it's early it's early in the morning <laughs> um you know 
Josh, you know, obviously tough to see what happened to Elijah Hood on Friday. Uh, do you think a healthy Elijah Hood would, would have made things a little more difficult in the running back room this year? Or, or do you think um, he was still kind of had some ways to go? I think he was more destined for the practice squad. I love Elijah Hood, target legend, but um, I think that uh, he was he was going to make the. I think he was going to be a practice squad guy regardless. So now it's kind of it's almost a little bit easier because now he can just sit on injured reserve for his favorite team and you know his childhood team and get better and get the coaching staff familiar with him and he'll be in the the in the film room in the weight room learning and growing this whole season. So it's almost like an extra season of learning. Albeit, you know, on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm of course excited for C.J. Anderson. I still think, you know, with the workload McCaffrey's getting, I do think he is kind of kind of an under the radar guy, even in the receiving game for uh, for Kim. So um, I did like what Elijah brought as far as the power. I still wonder if we do have that true power back. Maybe it'll, maybe we'll see Alex Armour get some carries down by the goal line. He's the one I'm most excited about. Of football. I'm most excited about sure. Arma. Cool. And I guess I guess we'll add him into there. I mean, if you want to talk about Arma too, um, being yeah. in the running back group. <clears throat> so I think they they're going to run a little bit more high formation than they did last year, um, and I think he is going to have a role in this offense. But I don't think it's going to be. You know, he got three carries in the preseason last year. He got two. I don't think he's going to be a guy that's getting a ton of carries, but I do think he's going to get more snaps than he did last year, which is a step up, especially for a six round fullback. You know, it's it's one of the there's. There's nothing uh, more, you know, like diehard fan than getting excited about a six six round fullback and begging for him to get more carries. Which I get it. I, I mean, I'm right there with everybody. But it is it's very funny that everybody is like, I want to see more Arma. I can't believe they don't use this guy that used to be a defensive end two years ago. That's what I was going to say. I yeah. want to see him take some snaps on the other side of the ball. <laughs> there you go. See, and, that's and- fun. And did he ever play tight end? Or I know he like yeah, he's he lined tight up tight end. Yeah. yeah, he's like a jack of all trades. He plays every position there. So, uh, is he? Our, right, is he also a third string quarterback? <laughs> who's the uh, Who's the quarterback? Is it uh, Poe who took Who took a snap back there? Yep, he's got touchdown yeah. passes. Yeah. There you go, um, Josh. Oh, yeah. He's got more touchdown passes than Taylor Heineke. There he's got go. more pass attempts than Taylor Heineke. <laughs> Uh, Josh, let's. Uh, I'm assuming you might want to go receiver. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we're we're going in order, right? That's right. like the thing that makes the most sense. Um, well, well, if you, yeah, I think it was. If we're going in order by the RiotReport.com, by the way, um, it is that is not alphabetically order. So yeah, I'm 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 all off here. But let's let's go down the offense. You're right. Wide receiver. What do you got, Josh? <clears throat> I just thought I, I think Demir Bird is really. I, I'd be curious to get you guys' take. Chris, Keith, did you guys think that Demir was going to make the roster? I thought he was bubble. I thought it was going to come down to uh, that extra running back or Demir Bird, and that was Ken John Barner, obviously, with the injury. And I had no problem with it either way. Uh, a good player wasn't going to make the team in one of those two positions. Uh, but one thing that I thought that kind of uh, made made going with uh, what three running backs easier, I think that Curtis Samuel might get some time back there. We saw him do that in college, and I wouldn't be surprised if we – used him in that role just to get him on the field somehow, lining him up in the backfield. Um, I know that's not necessarily Demir Bird, but that's why Demir Bird is on the rosters because they cut Ken John Barner because I think they know they can run Curtis Samuel back there a little bit. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I, I never thought there was a chance that Bird wouldn't make the roster. But based on what he did late season last year, um, and then we obviously we threw out the question last week and said, um, who wins the punt returner job? We had Barner. Um, DJ Moore back there a bunch, uh, Bird of course, and uh, they did throw some Austin Duke. Um, do, do, uh, staying on Demir Bird, do you think that that punt, re- punt return job is his, Josh, or do you think that that's still pretty something they're gonna they're gonna experiment through the season with? Um, I think they might experiment. I think they might put. I think you might see more of DJ Moore back there than we expect to for a rookie wide receiver. Um, I, I think they. He's a guy that's, you know, a running back when he gets the ball in his hands in space, and that's the most, most space you can get is on a punt return. And I and I get it that everybody says that, you know, you don't want these guys on special teams because they might get hurt. But, I mean, come on. Like, we saw one of the, um, one of the Steelers wide receivers broke their leg on a very routine play. Uh, Ross Cockrell broke his leg on a very routine 
end zone play. Like these guys get hurt. Football, the injury, uh, the injury percentage in football is 100%. So if somebody's going to get hurt, they're going to get hurt in on offense, on defense, on special teams. So it doesn't really matter. To, to me, I think you want – you draft the DJ Moore to put the ball in his hands. So let's put him out there on punt returns and, uh, and let, him, let him go. My yeah. co-host Ashlyn says that Bird is our return guy. So she's, she's firmly in the Bird camp. And I have to agree. Mm-hmm. He looked really good on, on the punt return and the kick returns. He hits he hits the hole more. We saw DJ Moore kind of dancing around. He actually went backwards, I feel, a few times last game, um, which is cool when it works. Barry Sanders will, will attest to that. But um, it's definitely not something you want to see become a habit. So um, I still think he has a little ways to go to be a, um, an NFL punt returner. I mean, hey, we saw what Christian McCaffrey did in college. And um, not sure if that's really his fault or more of the, the unit, but not really – too much to shake a stick at as far as him returning last year so uh just because you can do it in college doesn't mean you're uh you're plug and play to the nfl but um yeah as far as as some more on the wide receivers um too bad no real surprises though i don't think yeah. the, no. the receivers you know, as a whole had i think five guys, they had five guys that they uh that they wanted and it was really just a question of whether bird was gonna was gonna stick and he did and i think that the fact that he's out there, you're going to see him obviously in, on special teams, but I don't think you're going to see a whole lot from him on actual mm-hmm. offense, which is a shame, but it's always nice to have depth. So you're not running, you know, uh, our favorite long haired blonde number 11 out there in a playoff game against the Saints. Mm-hmm. Thoughts and prayers. Can we, can we just speak for a minute about Curtis Samuel and just how he has progressed and evolved over the last few seasons? Because he looked like an absolute beast on a few of those plays against the Patriots. Just yeah, beautiful. He, he beautiful. looked good the whole preseason. Yeah. I thought Be- great yeah. feet, great hands, and great presence of mind on the field. I, I'm I'm very impressed by by Curtis Samuel, and I'm looking forward to some so some some highlights this season. You know, I've said it a few times now. Uh, Samuel is playing bigger than his body is. Like he's the opposite of yes. Kelvin Benjamin. Great point. I didn't expect him to be making these catches. You know, down the sidelines, kind of jump balls in traffic. Um, getting hit right after it. And he's not a, his build isn't someone that you'd expect to that, but he's done the job pretty well. Um, Jarius Wright also. What would you say? He mossed a guy. In, yeah, he did. Uh, I think it was week one. Like, I, I did not expect that from Curtis Samuel. Yeah. Samuel to moss somebody, which I just really like using that as a verb, so I'm going to use it as much <laughs> as I possibly can. Um, you know, kind of one of the elephants in the room, especially if you go on Panthers' Twitter, um, is, you know, you look at the uh, salary of some of these guys, and there's a, a big difference between some of the guys that have been performing in preseason and Torrey Smith, who's sitting there with a $5 million hit. Um, you know, I, I'm not going to jump on, on Torrey Smith. Come on, man. To the, to the, to the, to I have to address it. I have to address it. matter in the preseason? Exactly. So p- people are all over Torrey Smith, um, basically saying that he's taking snaps away from people like Samuel, people like Bird. Um I'm not going to freak out about it. I, I think you know what you get with Torrey Smith, um, Josh. Any, anything that you can say that you you know as far as like, like uh, or not like though? No, I I think that Torrey Smith is a guy that doesn't he doesn't need to expend himself in the preseason. Neither does Julius Peppers. Whole, neither does Luke Keekley. Greg yeah. Olson is Greg yeah. Olson taking snaps away from Ian Thomas? Is Julius <laughs> Peppers taking snaps away from Marquise Haynes? Is Luke Keekley taking snaps away? from Jermaine Carter. It's freaking ridiculous. The guy's a veteran wide receiver. They need a presence like that, and they need somebody that can go out there and make plays in big situations. I'm Amen. sorry, I'm Funchess, but he is not the leader of that wide receiver room. He has played in two playoff games. He has never been a guy that hit, uh, that's not true, more playoff games than that. Yeah. yeah it's he is a guy, see, there you go, four. But in four playoff games, Torrey Smith has Super Bowl has more than one Super Bowl ring. Like he is a guy that knows how to win, and he knows what it takes to win in December and in January. It's very easy to be a leader in September. It's not easy to be a leader in December. So that is what Torrey Smith is going to bring to this team. And when you say, "Oh, they should just cut Torrey Smith and keep somebody like uh, Deshaun Hall or Bug Howard or somebody younger because he's taking snaps away from Demir Bird and Curtis Samuel," it's not a good take. It's the, it's the opposite. Torrey Smith is going to have a role in this offense. And that's our new segment called Putting It to Bed. <laughs> Ooh, I like that, Chris. I like that. Um, 
Yeah, and, and we haven't even talked much about Jarius Wright. I think that Jarius Wright's going to provide that. Uh, like I said, we haven't really had a quick out receiver. Third downs has always been a tough thing for this team. I guess it's tough for every team, but um, I like what I saw with Wright there. And yeah, you know, bringing in some veteran. It's nice when you can bring in a, a Super Bowl veteran receiver to uh, to kind of lead your locker room, huh, Chris? Probably should have done that a few years ago. Yeah, I, I think um, we're done with the receiver room here. The one specifically you're talking about didn't win a Super Bowl, I don't think. Yeah, he did. Come on, dude. We'll just move on. Uh, Josh, where do you want to go? Did he win one? Of course oh, he did. Oh, I Ravens. forgot. I forgot. He won the Ravens one. I was thinking the Niners one. Dude, the lights went out and everything. It was like an Undertaker when when he's in the building. Uh, <laughs> let's hop over to the t- the tight ends. Yeah. No, wait, wait, wait. Hang on. I have one more thing. So, on, oh, go ahead. Uh, one of one of the podcasts that I'm the host of, One Day Contract. We have a game segment that we play games at the end of every uh, at the end of every episode, and the game that's coming up this week is going to be a game called Shoot Your Shot, and it is going to be we talk about uh, we kind of have a take and then we support it where it probably isn't going to come true, but it's one of those things where there's a path to it coming true, and my shot is going to be that Jarius Wright is going to have the second most receptions on this Panthers team at the end of the season. Now that's probably not going to be true, but at the same time. He is a guy that Cam Newton has been looking to every single third down. He is always the guy that runs those Madden-style smart routes that are right at the sticks. And I think that he is going to be a monster this year. Not from a fantasy perspective, because he's going to end up with like 500 yards, 600 yards receiving. But I think all of those catches are going to come on third down. And they're going to be for six or seven yards and big yardage, too. So I, I was really impressed with what I saw from Jarius Wright. Through training camp, the preseason, Norv Turner loves him. Cam Newton loves him. Um, I, I think he's going to be have a bigger role than everybody thinks he is. Yeah, me too. Can, I, can, I, can I was I wrong. Seg- I was wrong about him. Being wrong never felt so right. We called it last week. And so, can I segue into that, Josh? Because th- this is the first time in a very, very long time that I felt this excited about our offense. I've since having Norv Turner come on board, seeing all the weapons that Cam Newton has. I've not really had the opportunity to think that wow we are we're going to be a powerhouse we, we have the potential to be a powerhouse offense here because i've never really felt that in the last few years you mean ted ginn and devin funches and jericho cotry didn't get you hot well no and really <laughs> uh um uh my yeah, it was shula, like week nine before it got me yeah out. no 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 like no just having shula there calling the plays either just I, I didn't feel it but now this this season there's there's so much potential there yeah yeah and josh. you hear a lot of the word genius thrown around about Turner. <laughs> you did not hear that about Mike Shula. No. Uh, so yeah, wide receiver, obviously a hot topic. We, uh, we stayed on that one a bit. Um, it's funny actually around the league real quick, people are saying that the Panthers, you know, have no receivers. And I say, what are you talking about? Panthers fans are talking about, this is the deepest room cams maybe almost ever had. So it's kind of funny when, it you, is the deepest when you go to other teams. Had. Yeah. Um, tight end. We probably don't need to spend a ton of time on. Let's talk about, um, I guess man hurts, securing that third spot um anything to add on the tight ends josh is pretty pretty clear cut right i I think it's pretty much i I, this was the this was the group from if you did a roster projection in like june this was what the roster this was what the tight end group looked like so i I think it's fine i think we thought ian thomas was going to be the third tight end but it turns out he's the second tight end and good for him yeah i'm excited to see what he I know a lot of people uh, do did like Jason Vanderland, but uh, you know maybe next year we'll see. I, I like Scott Simonson for the practice squad. Yeah, sure, Scotty S. Uh, Josh, where do you, where do you want to go next? Um, I guess I mean should we should we go just like offensive line and just kind of talk about it in general? I mean they're just so ravaged on the offensive line from an injury perspective. Yeah, I still wouldn't be shocked if we've got maybe even two more offensive linemen on this roster come Sunday that aren't here now. Uh, I just think there's so many moving pieces and so many holes still. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if there's more moves made this week. I'm with you, Chris. We know, we, we know who's starting at center. <laughs> and I think that's about the only one we that we know. Finishing at center. <laughs> no, the, well, I said, start, I said, start. Um, you know, I think all the other positions are pretty much still, you know, maybe Moten you can lock in at left tackle, which I'm totally fine with, and Trey Turner at right guard. But, um, I mean, for the most part, I still still no telling, if you ask me. I mean, this is the chance, right? Is Moten is going to start at left tackle, and they're probably going to hold out Khalil until the bye. So that's 
three weeks of Moten at left tackle, and how well does he need to perform for that to be his job for the rest of the year? If he can play average tackle for the next four weeks, he it's his job. Yeah. Does I mean, the... Doesn't he play excellent? Like he has to show that he's so bad that that's how he gets the job. I think if he plays average tackle, I think Khalil gets his job back. I think if he is one, if he is like one of those PFF no hurries, no hits guys, then then maybe maybe Rivera can't. The the voices are too loud or the performance is too good for him to go back to Khalil. But that's what I'm saying. An average performance is better than what you're going to get from. Matt Khalil. Yeah, it's the the Frankenstein offensive line has uh has really not had much, you know, negative to say about it from my end. I mean, it's almost like we had more issues when the actual starting lineup was up there. So um it's pretty pretty clear cut with the offensive line as far as where we're at. Hopefully they can add some more bodies. Um you know, Greg Van Roten I thought did a pretty good job in preseason as well. So not much more to say about the line. I mean, we don't have to. <laughs> no, probably I one of the. I think there's somebody coming off waivers from mm-hmm. uh, for the offensive line. So probably in the next, probably before this goes out on the audio feed for people, there will be a new offensive line that we are not talking about right now. So get excited for that. The ever-changing NFL. Josh, uh, I do have one question, and maybe you know uh, you've heard something, but is is uh, Tyler Larson back healthy, or what's his deal? Yeah, yeah, I think the um, the. The thing for Larson is they literally they want him to be the backup center, mm-hmm. and I, or they want him to be kind of that swing interior lineman, so he can be the backup for Trey, for uh, for Ryan Khalil, and for um, Greg Van Roten. I think at this point. So but do they basically just bubble wrap him for the free? Pretty the, much. Yeah, I mean, okay. They, they know what he's going to do, and I I think. It's honestly, it's really interesting to me that they are basically just they didn't they didn't even put him into the left guard competition, and I think that's because um, they, they know that expect Ryan Khalil to miss yeah. time. So, uh, yeah, I think he's the backup center. I think that's why they signed him. I think he's also the center for the future for the for this team, which uh, I think is good. He earned that spot, so good for him. Yep. And uh, shout out to. Uh, I, I don't even know how to properly say this. Is it uh, Brendan Mahone? Mahan? Man. No, we, man, we all pronounce yeah, it differently Brandon on our man. show. All right, there He's we man. go. Uh, now now I have the pronunciation down. Uh, I, I knew a guy from uh, West Virginia. He was a, he was probably a meth neck, but he just called himself Brandon Man because he finished every sentence in man, so we just called him Brandon Man. Uh, so it constantly reminds me of Brandon Man. It's there you go. There you really go. takes me back, man. It's really hmm, summer of um, 2004. Josh, where uh, where are we taking this ship baby. next? Let's go. You give me a position. Uh, do you guys are we excited that number ninety made the team? I think I was. I was surprised to be yeah. honest. I didn't see him flash in preseason, and as we know, Den's got to see a guy right. flash in the preseason. You know, Wait, he he I, didn't I, even I, have no, put shoulder said, pads on. I said they don't, Chris. That, that's not what I said. That's not what you said about Tory Smith. <laughs> no, that is what I said about Tory Smith. Listen, you can tell everyone to relax. <laughs> Um, yeah, of course. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll, um, we'll shoot over the, the defensive ends. I guess we'll start there, Chris. I think the, yeah, the question is, really, do you guys think that Brian Cox and F.A. Abad are still on this roster in three days? Hmm. You know, I... That one of them are. Yeah, I bet one of them is, too. I just uh, the Panthers have been kind of pumping Obata on social media. I just <laughs> I feel like that would be such a cruel thing to do if he uh, gets cut two days later. But I was Dude, the that Sixers myself. the Sixers drafted a guy who went to Nova from Philly. His mom worked for the uh, the Sixers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They did all the interviews. He cried. Then twenty minutes later, they traded him to Phoenix. It's a businessman. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It's a businessman. I'm a businessman. It's a businessman. It was it's, all about uh, clicks yesterday. It's not about clicks on Tuesday. Sure. Um, Josh, any surprise in uh, in Haynes making the team? I, I know he didn't really have a a stellar preseason. I, I mean, no. I, I I thought that I, I I actually I think that a lot of people were surprised that that Deshaun Hall got cut. But for yeah. me, that was that was not a surprise. I thought that Hall. You know, obviously he missed all of last season. You can't really help an injury, but I, I never really was impressed with what I saw from him in training camp or preseason or or any of that stuff. And um, it's a new re- it was a new regime, 
Uh, Marty Herney really doesn't have any attachment to Deshaun Hall. Uh, I know Gettleman traded up for him, but um, you know they they liked uh, they liked Haynes better, and I thought Cox outplayed him, and um, obviously Avada did as well. And I think that he just you know it, it sometimes just doesn't happen, and the the success rate for these guys is you know fifty percent even in the first round. So for a third round pick. To be cut a year later, everybody's like, oh, they wasted that pick. I, I I just don't think so. They gave it a shot, and it's just not a great fit. He'll get a chance to go somewhere else and be successful. But um, Who yeah, knows? He could I, be the next Coney Ely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he hey, has spe- got a lot of jerseys in his locker. Yeah, speaking of that, one today, I'm sure. Speaking of that, real quick, um, how awesome is it that kind of one of the guys that we're relying on and very excited about is someone that we uh, fleeced Bill Belichick over, and that uh, being Taylor Moten on that 64th pick. Boy, I for, bet uh, Bill Belichick would kill for a tackle right now. <laughs> um, hey, let's hop into the defensive tackles. You know, um, on our show on Thursday, Josh, um, Bobby was kind of down on Vernon Butler. Doesn't really see a spot on him on the team for him, but you know, when you start looking at the depth, I mean, you're not going to take people like Kendrick Norton and, and Tracy Sprinkle over Vernon Butler, right? But uh, what are your thoughts on Vernon Butler there? Kind of the... Uh, Kind of the uh, the odd one out there when you look at the full group of uh, Short, Poe, and, and even Kyle Love, who's been playing pretty well. Yeah. There he is. You over there, Josh? The defensive line is so, um, so difficult to... I'm back. I'm back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The defensive line is so, uh, it's so difficult to evaluate, especially defensive tackle. You know, um, so much of Vernon Butler's job is to take up blocking, which seems crazy. But that's exactly what he does. The fact that he can take up double teams is just that's that's a lot a huge part of his value. And that's weird for us as fans and for us as media members and people that are watching to, to look at and say, Man, he's really doing his job by not getting to the quarterback and, and getting uh, taking up two guys. Yeah. But that is it personally I haven't really seen anything from Vernon Butler that's made me that's blown my skirt up that said, oh, my God, I've got to have him on my team. But I, I think as a former first-round pick and somebody that doesn't have to come in and they, they don't need him to come in and play 60% of the snaps and be K1 short because they already have K1 short. And they signed Dontari Poe to, um, to play next to K1 short because that's his, that's his position. And Vernon Butler and KK play the same position. And so when they decided to keep K1 – they kind of limited Vernon's value. And I, I think he's fine as a backup defensive tackle. But I, was he for, worth a first-round pick? I don't think so. But that doesn't mean that he hasn't produced some sort of value. Mm-hmm. If only they would keep stats on absorbing two blockers. <laughs> you know, well, Maybe that, people would realize the value. Exactly. You know, I was saying, when, when, you, when you start getting into the trenches – it's really hard to, without film, to really evaluate these guys. I mean, you know, Panthers go out and trade for a tackle. You know, what are you going to look at? There's no pancake blocks. There, you know, maybe sacks let up, but you're not going to see the, uh, the, the, you know, the majority of a game. So, it's tough to uh, statistically see these some of these guys. So, we'll uh, we'll roll with Vernon Butler. Uh, Josh, where you want to go? Where you want to go from the D line? Um, I mean. Do we need? Do we have anything about linebackers? Was anybody surprised? I, I guess the thing is, is like anybody surprised by who they kept at linebacker? No, they needed an extra yeah. one with TD being out, so it's like a four-week tryout for Andre Smith, basically. I was, yeah, I was, I was gonna say happy, depth is probably the most important. Happy to there. see Jermaine Carter make the, the make mm-hmm. the team. So, do you think after the suspension's up, who's the odd man out then? You know, because I would think it'd make more sense to keep an Andre Smith or a Jermaine Carter over a Ben Jacobs. Or even, you know, I know David Mayo's been around and he knows the defense, but he's more than likely not getting a second contract here, is he? Is it, you know, AJ Klein 2.0? Well, why not keep somebody around, one of those younger guys? Yeah, Mayo's a huge uh, contributor to, spe- to special teams. Sure, and I think Andre Smith and Jermaine Carter could be as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting question. I think at, at the end of the four weeks, they're going to have another decision to make, and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be an issue you know whether somebody is going to whether it's going to be jared norris or uh or andre smith or ben jacobs one of those guys is going to get sent home it's just like 
with cuts right now. You know, the good players get cut. It happens. And I think the the Panthers um, have been nailing fifth round linebackers for the past what like eight years. So I, I think Jermaine Carter has looked as advertised. And I thought it was really interesting when he when he is in there against second or third teamers. He looked much much better. He looked like if you put you know, obviously it's a huge comparison, but if you put like Thomas Davis or Luke Keekley or Shaq Thompson out, out there against second or third teamers, they would, that's how I pictured them looking, just flying all over the field, um, outplaying everyone. And I thought that's what Jeremy Carter was doing. And I think the, the team may have actually gotten a steal with somebody like that uh, in the fifth round. So I'm excited for what he's going to do over the course of his, the next few years. While we're on the linebackers, I do uh, like seeing the, the Panthers moving some money around with Luke Keekley as well. Um, you know, instead of, like I said, instead of just saying, damn, we have no cap space, finding creative ways to, to turn those into bonuses, free up a little bit of money. Um, any they thoughts? That about- so they can sign trade for Khalil Mack, right? They're- That's what I heard. <laughs> I heard yeah. rumors. He's on the block. Again. Yeah. One of, one of, one of my favorite jokes was, uh, local, I, I wouldn't call her a friend, but acquaintance half Katie Nolan here made the joke about, uh, Khalil Mack and Matt Khalil. And they're saying, you want to trade for Khalil Mack? And he said, yeah, Matt, Matt Khalil. And it was uh, it was pretty funny. I don't know. I'm probably telling it terribly. But anyway. Um, you are telling it terribly. Yeah, you should I check it out. It was like a year ago. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Uh, so, yeah, let's uh, let's move off from the linebackers. Um, I'll see what, where, where that money really goes. But I, I do like anytime you can free up money, you can't hate that. Um, sure. And I think a lot of people, somebody said, I saw somebody on Twitter saying like, oh, well, you converted the signing bonus, it hurts you down the road. And it's like, was did we think that, that Keekley wasn't going to earn that money or that he wasn't going to, you know, play out this contract? I mean, as, as long as he stays healthy, then you pay him later and it's fine. Like, I, I don't have a problem giving more guaranteed money to Luke Keekley. It's the old Jonathan Stewart deal. Just keep shuffling the money back. Yeah, that worked out great, right? Yeah. Sure. For the Giants, but uh, let's see. Uh, let's go to the cornerbacks, man. I, th- I think this is one of the biggest, biggest areas that uh, c- can cause some, some good discussion here. Obviously, kind of a surprise keeping just four cornerbacks on the roster. Um, you know, you, you start throwing if you threw a, a healthy Ross Cockrell in there, not a bad looking cornerback room. Or really, even a Rashad Breland. From what we're used to, sure. of, of course, uh, on the roster right now, James Bradbury. Dante Jackson, of course, wowing us in the preseason. Pretty excited about him. Corn Elder, who I really think Corn Elder is going to be a good player in this league. We'll see. Finally gets a spot in. I think he's going to see a lot of field as far as what the room looks like. And then, of course, see him. Captain Munnerlin. So, um, Josh, pr- probably some uh, some additions coming here as well. Huh? What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, this is where if, when we talk about the defensive ends, if one of those two guys is not going to stick, I think they're going to lose one of those guys in favor of a cornerback because you just can't go with you. You just can't go into four healthy cornerbacks on the roster. Like that's just not an option because what, what is going to happen if on the first snap of the game, uh, James Bradbury twists his ankle or Dante Jackson, you know, breaks a rib. So, I'll tell you what's going to happen. Colin Jones will be playing cornerback and then we're all going to die. <laughs> Colin Jones. Uh, I think that, um, yeah, I, I just think that you can't, yeah. can't do that like a physical roster construction standpoint. So mm-hmm. I, I think you're going to see uh, a corner come off waivers. And if you are asking me if I have a preferred corner that got cut yesterday, I do not because I don't know anything about the guys that got cut yesterday. Mm-hmm. I can only focus on one team. A lot of people were asking me about, like, which, what do you think about this tackle that got cut by uh, Houston? And I was like, I'm 6'6". <laughs> That's what I know about him. You, you mean uh, you don't cover every single team in the NFL all day? What's, come on, Josh. What's well, wrong? I mean, that's what my <laughs> wife thinks I do. But no, I, I, I do not have that kind of knowledge. Oh, let's, um, yeah, cornerbacks, I think, you know, again, I think we're at least excited about the four. But yeah, it's uh, it's sure. definitely not enough. So Anybody um, else we'll surprised by Doss? Say, say Doss? Yeah, anybody else surprised by Lorenzo Doss not making the roster? Because he seemed yeah. like he played very, very well during preseason, and it seemed like he was a lock. But I was kind of surprised to see that he did not make it. Although this lineup of, of cornerbacks and, and, and safeties, and defensive backs, is impressive over what we've had in the last several years. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think I was a little more 
um, surprised by Gunter. I mean, just as far as him kind of being familiar with the team, I don't know. I figured once they let him go, that someone would have to come, you know, take that spot because otherwise, I think he would have just made the team if they wanted to roll it out like past years. But he looked really bad in that fourth. He did, but I'm saying as far as depth, like like you said, Ron Rivera kind of sticking with someone who's at least familiar with the team versus just finding someone. I don't know. Hey, Teddy Williams is out there, so yeah, I didn't say you should start. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, well, let's go to the guys behind them. Um, you know, kind of one of the, in the beginning of the, you know, you know, of camp, we, we talked about this one being one of the bigger concerns of this team. And I'm not sure it really is anymore come week one. And that's the safeties. Um, of course, Rashawn Galden, Mike Adams, Colin Jones, and Denoris Cersei, uh, making that squad. They did, uh, they did cut Southward yesterday. Um, what do you guys? How you guys feeling about the safeties? So we'll start with I guess you, Josh. I've been starting with you every time. <laughs> I want no. Let's start with Keith. Let's start with Keith. Let's start with Keith. Keith, what, what, what do you think about the safeties this year? I know there's a lot of talk about shoulda, woulda, coulda, bring in Eric Reed and people like that, but um, you feel comfortable with those guys behind our our cornerbacks? As comfortable as I can. I'm pretty excited about Rashawn Golden and the potential that he brings. Uh, everyone, of course, thinks Colin Jones is. It's, you either either love him or hate him. He's a serviceable guy back there. Uh, Mike Adams, I know that he's up there in age. What he's 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 thirty seven years old, but he's he's a he's a great veteran presence. Um, uh, and I really don't know what to say about Cersei. Um, I have no, nothing bad to say, but uh, I'm I'm pretty comfortable with this set. I'm not sure if this is a hundred percent set, as you guys have been saying. We may see a different name back there come tomorrow morning. Yeah, I think the one of the things that the people. Like when people say that they had a problem with the safety group, it was more because of who they saw on the waiver wire. It was like one of those things where, where we play in such a society of like fantasy football and Madden. First thing you do when you start up a Madden franchise is you go out and you sign Colin Kaepernick as a backup quarterback. You sign Eric Reed as a safety because they're rated higher, higher than Denora Searcy is. And I think that that is why when people were like, oh, we need help at safety, it was mostly because they they saw who was available on the waiver wire and they wanted to go out and get somebody. And I think that the safety group that they have right now is uh, serviceable, to be perfectly honest. I don't think that their secondary is very good. Um, their front seven, I think, is probably the best in football. But the secondary for the Carolina Panthers is a question mark. And it is going to take some proof from them over the first few weeks. And against Dallas, it doesn't matter because I don't. Their number one wide receiver is Alan Hearns and Beasley. Stack that box, right? Yeah, exactly. But when you go up against Atlanta, I think that's going to be a huge test for them and a real, um, a real roadmap as to where this season is going to go. If if Matt Ryan comes out and throws for 480 yards, I think you're. The Panthers are going to be in trouble, obviously. But I think that is uh, that is my biggest worry. Yeah, heading into uh, offensive line than I am about the secondary. Yeah, I, I think that that is going to be. I mean, we look at it because we're so ingrained in it. We see it every day. Dante Jackson was great in camp, but you know they're starting a rookie second rounder at corner. Like that's mm-hmm. that's tough. Looks good though. We'll see. He does. Preseason doesn't matter though, that. <laughs> no, but like you were saying, um, Josh, it, it's it the the, the our, our defensive line looks great, but the secondary is questionable. But that's where the whole team coming in together playing is important because if we can get the pressure on the quarterback up there, then we can sure. perhaps relax a little bit on the safeties. But we don't want to relax on them. We want them to be there covering their guys. It's a true Dave Gettleman football team. You start up front and uh slowly digress as you get as you get back in the uh, in the defense right so um i think everyone wants kind of that that hard-hitting safety that we've really never had here um i mean maybe you could say mike mitchell but you know more of that like earl thomas kind of player we've never really had that at least for a long time so yeah but i mean those guys are hard to find how many of those are in the league five maybe yeah it's almost like getting a all pro stud left tackles hard they just (laughs) <laughs> Aren't they everywhere? Everybody gets one, right? Yeah, everyone. That's why all the teams win the Super Bowl every year. Yep. Exactly. Because of that one um, safety. Th- yeah. That's 
that basically rounds it out for the team. I and mean, we, we, we can talk, of course, about some special teams, kick return, punt return. Um, we, we've touched on it a little bit when we were talking about their positions. But, um, you know, kick return is something that I, I don't really put any stock into kick returning because they don't return like 85% of them. So as long as you don't fumble the ball and you can do whatever, it is what it is, you know. Every, anything you get there is kind of a, a bonus, I think. Uh, punt return, of course, is a big one. We touched upon that. But uh, let, let's get into some questions. They, well, go ahead, Joshua. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, no go ahead. I, I, I was, uh, <laughs> was going to say we should make a like prediction for who we think is going to surprise on this year. And I only because I, I think Michael Pilardi is going to make the Pro Bowl this year. Boom. That's bold that's prediction. Bold. That is Holy a bold cow. Piece. Wow, and you didn't, and you That's didn't right. have to trade a uh, what did they trade a third round pick for Four uh, rounder. whatever. So, anyway, let's get to some questions, and uh, hopefully, some of you guys on Facebook can uh, can give some answers. Um, we, we may have kind of answered it in a roundabout way, but uh, we'll go around the room. I'll start with you, Keith. Um, most surprising player cut out of all of the cuts. What, what do you think? I just want to say Bug Howard because I love saying his name. <laughs> go heels, go America. <laughs> But uh, no, I, I, they're, they're, you know, the cuts are not always always easy. Uh, man, um, it's I, like I said, uh, Lorenzo Doss was a surprise for me because I, I thought that he did play well and, and he had quite a bit of experience. Um, so I, I'm, and, and then also there was Moe's Frazier because he looked really, really good in the Steelers game in, in preseason. But hopefully they can bring him back on the practice squad. So th- those are a few of, of my, my surprise cuts. And most Frazier led the NFL in touchdowns in the preseason yes. or at least receivers. So, I mean, we obviously knew that was coming though, Chris. So, so cut Tory Smith and get most Frazier. Is that what you're saying? No. I, I think that's what he that's just what said. Dan that's said. what Dan said. No, 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 I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> wait, wait a, a minute. Surprise. I have to clarify myself. I was sticking up for Tory Smith. I'm on the keep Tory Smith camp and I'm not worried about him. I'm, I'm just addressing the elephant in the Panthers Twitter room. Mm, right. um, Chris, you, Chris, That's, yeah. <laughs> Chris, you called uh, the Kevon Seymour cut on Thursday. That was your uh, your inner out that we went around the room with. But um, I called it a month ago, dude. True, but you actually said it into a microphone on Thursday. So I said it into a microphone Thank after you the that. Bills game. <laughs> w- shut up, whatever. Anyway, most surprising <laughs> player cut. Check the tape, dog. For you, I know. Uh, I know it hurt to see Elijah Hood get hurt. Um, wasn't cut, but not you know not going to play. Um, anyone else you were surprised about? You know, obviously not Seymour, but uh, that you thought would actually be on this team. No, there wasn't anything there that, that surprised me. Um, I think the closest thing you could say is maybe the the Deshaun Hall, but I mean Fa Obata put up, you know, when he got in the game and performed. Uh, so that that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, so no, I don't think there were any surprises here. Um, I'll jump on the Barner. Uh, I, I think that Barner was a surprising cut, um, just as far as how they brought him in and, and what they you know wanted him to do. And part returner for the Eagles saw him a lot in preseason. I don't really think he did anything wrong. Uh, they just I don't know. I guess there's not a, not enough spots on this team. Um, I didn't I didn't think he'd be cut really honestly, but. Um, Josh, who, who is your most surprising? Uh, I, I think I'm going to say somebody that not, nobody expected to make the team, but for me, I thought that Zach Moore was going to be the last defensive end they were going to keep mm-hmm. instead of uh, Abada or Cox. I thought that Moore played better than them in the in the preseason, and he can play inside and outside and left side and right side, so I thought that it was he was a guy that his um, uh, versatility and diversity like made it Somebody that could make the team is on the practice squad last year, got called up for the Saints game. I think that it's it's a shame because I think he, he played his ass off, excuse me, sorry, Facebook, for uh, for this team in the preseason. And if he doesn't get signed, I think he's going to be back in, for a practice squad. But uh, I thought that he was a guy that they could have kept and, um, and could have, you know, maybe not contributed – all the time, but would have been a nice depth piece on the offensive or on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. All right, not, not to speak too negatively, but let's let's stick here with you, uh, Josh. One more question: What about a player that maybe should have been cut that made the team? I guess who's a surprising uh, add to the roster that you you weren't really expecting to make that roster? Um, 
surprising guy that I didn't expect to make the roster. I, I did not, ex- again, I didn't expect Amir to make the roster, but that doesn't mean it was because he played poorly. It was because uh, I just thought there wasn't room for him. Um, and you know what? Uh, how about Amini Silatolu, um, who did not play particularly well before he got hurt and wouldn't have surprised me if they had IR'd him for the year and just let him sit on IR. But um I, I don't think that I think that we as, you know, um, media people and as, you know, Twitter experts look at Amini Silatolu and think that he doesn't isn't ready for prime time, isn't ready to play, isn't ready to start. And um and the fact that he got hurt, he had surgery on his meniscus and it's like I, he he had surgery on his meniscus and made the roster and Jeremiah Searles had a pulled hamstring and got put on IR. So that was surprising to me. Keith, uh, yeah, I, I kind of worded this harshly, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll call it su- surprising that they made the roster. How's that? Uh, anyone surprised you that they uh, they did make the roster that maybe thought it might have been a practice squad kind of guy? Well, I'm going to go cheap here and, and piggyback on what Josh was saying is that Amini Silatolo, absolutely, because I've, I've never personally been high on the guy. Uh, he's always just been an, an average player, and I hate, to, I hate to see that he is hurt, but again... He, he makes a roster spot, and, and Searles make, makes IR. It's just one of those unfair things in, in the world. Yeah. Chris, what do you got? Uh, besides Torrey Smith um, <laughs> and Julius had Peppers. had more catches in the preseason. Yeah, then I wouldn't have a problem with Yeah, exactly. Jeez. He's just talking about crab cakes on Twitter all day. God. ridiculous. <laughs> I know, bringing up social issues. It's just a jerk and doing stuff to charity. No time for that. Catch some balls. Yeah, catch some balls. So besides Tory Smith, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's too easy to, to cherry pick a meanie, so I'm definitely not going to do that. Um, but yeah, I guess F.A. Obata, you know. Uh, Josh, I think you and I had this conversation that he's basically a lock for the practice squad because they get that designated spot for him being international, and they yep. could call him up whenever they needed him. So I guess that one's kind of surprising because, you know, Zach Moore did have a pretty a pretty good preseason, and, and he's just a big dude. And he moves quick for a big dude. And we've got another big dude that's 214 years old that's going to retire at any minute now. So uh, we could we could always use those bodies. But uh, uh, not a knock on him at all. I just thought that it was too easy to stash him on practice squad. So, Yeah. Yeah, I thought FMA about it, they were so worried that he was not going to clear waivers. That that's why they kept him. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. obvious. That's why they keep everybody. That's why they didn't cut Cam Newton. Because they're afraid that he would get picked up. Ooh, that's a hot take, man. I don't know that anybody would have claimed him because he's like the 39th ranked quarterback in the league or something. Nobody would touch him with a 10 foot pole. And those hats. That's a good point. All those hats. (laughs) Uh, um, And finally, I'll I'll throw my answer. I I don't don't really think he should have been cut, but I I was surprised that Andre Smith did make the roster. Um, We talked about the depth there. Uh, It is needed. Again, maybe it's just a four week kind of tryout or three, whatever you want to call it. But. I don't know. We'll see. I, I'll be surprised if he uh, is still on this roster when um, when TD comes back. To answer your question from earlier, uh, on paper right now, I do look at him as the kind of odd man out of that group. So, sure. Um, getting towards the end here, I did just want to throw up some. Uh, we we close out our shows with what we call bulletin board material because there's enough stupid Panther takes to uh, to go around the world. Uh, we talked about pro football talk saying calling out the Panthers specifically for not signing Colin Kaepernick. But we'll go, uh, we'll go with something different. I did just want to pull up this tweet from, uh, from Fox Sports, or NFL on Fox, rather. Um, you know, there's a lot of words that would probably describe the last season for the Panthers. I don't think it's fair to throw fluke in there. <laughs> um, Fox Sports saying, was last season a fluke or are the Panthers the real deal? Um, given an, an over under of eight and a half wins, um, not, not, not to really start picking the season, uh, Josh, I'll go to you here. Uh, how do you feel about them calling last season, bringing practice squad players, no Greg Olson, no Ryan Khalil for most of the season? Uh, how do you call that a fluke, right? Isn't this what has been happening to Carolina for their entire franchise history? You know, like I remember when the team in 2015, they were the worst 10-0 team ever. That was like a headline. 
on ES, yep. on SportsCenter. Rodney the Harrison, worst ten and zero team in history. They were ten and zero and still be and still not getting any sort of respect. I think that is the the way that the national media views Carolina. And I think it's the way the national media views Cam. You know, even I mean, the guy was MVP two seasons ago, and people are saying that perhaps he doesn't deserve to. Like it's ridiculous. Everybody forgets how good Cam Newton can be. Everybody forgets how good this team can be. And I think that eight and a half wins is a uh, is too low of a number. But that being said, they still haven't gone over five hundred two years ago. So happen at some point, right? Yeah. Is this the year? No, it's an even year. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, not to throw out, you know, that we're going to be, uh, you know, fifteen and one or whatever, but I, I do think that Panther win total should be right around ten or eleven. Um, but eight and a half, calling it a fluke, we'll throw it up on the bulletin board right next to uh, Sports Illustrated last week, which uh, threw out a Panthers seven and nine. Um, so not even giving them that sure. eight and a half, giving them an yeah, the under. So. Do they have a? Do you have like a cool graphic where it like wabam like something flies up on a bulletin board? Well, it, it, I mean, it didn't wabam, but yeah, it, it is. Uh, it is doing that right now. We have the bulletin oh, board up. Yeah, uh, you, you should check out Facebook. Facebook. Com. I can't look at the what's <laughs> happening on the live stream. True. Well, you can uh, you can watch it after. Yeah, we we have a nice cork board up there. We're gonna we're gonna build it nice. So anyway, guys, uh, we uh, one of these days we'll actually keep it. Uh, you know, on, on somewhat of a time schedule, <laughs> we have hit the hour mark. Uh, thanks to you guys on Facebook. Got a bunch of, uh, bunch of you guys in there on the comments. Always love seeing that. Always love you guys joining us. Uh, I'm going to go around and, uh, go around the room here, give everyone a chance to, uh, kind of plug their pod. Um, again, we are on the riot network powered by ortho Carolina. That does include our podcast here. Keep pound den with me, Chris and Bobby, uh, one day contract. Josh is over there. Uh, also runs um, with Nikki Wolf and Colin. Is it Hoggard? It is. It is. I should probably let you do this, huh? And uh, let's go around the room here. Josh, go go ahead and tell everyone what you do here on the Riot Network. Sure. Uh, I actually have two podcasts that are on the Riot Network. It is what it is, which uh, has weekly episodes. And now that we're actually into the season, uh, a lot more players and coaches coming in. So um, plan on that happening on a weekly basis. That should drop on Wednesdays, I think, and then Thursdays are uh, a one-day contract, which is hosted by Nikki Wolf, and uh, myself and Colin Hoggard are joined every week by a uh, special guest from the Carolina Panthers media community. This week, uh, Bill Voth is going to be on the show, Panthers Bill, getting excited, he's going to be very dour and uh, super sarcastic, and uh, probably hate the entire time that he's there, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and that's it. Yeah. Subscribe us, rate us, love us. And also, um, I would just like to say while I've got you guys here, uh, personally love, uh, the key found Den show and roaring right podcast. Uh, it's just a real treat for me to be able to work next to you guys and to be, uh, in the same Skype chat room. Love it. As you even overcoming computer issues and all today to join us, Josh Klein. Thanks. Uh. Yeah, just so uh, just so you guys can see on the other side of what's going on, um, there's we'll throw a, Josh uh, over here. This is oh, yeah, oh I think Josh broke it. That's exactly what we're doing. We we'll go it. back to the, we'll go back to the Riot Network graphic. Uh, Josh uh, able to make a uh, audible here on the go and join us via phone. But um, hey, Keith, what's up, baby? <laughs> Keith. Tell everyone what you guys do over do over there at the Roaring Riot podcast. Uh, great show you guys do. Well, thank you. What we try and do is try and focus on the fans and the experience with the Roaring Riot itself. And we look at the different chapters and what's going on. And right now, since we're getting into the season, we're going to speak with the guys from the Atlanta Riot, since that's going to be the first road game that we're going to be uh, doing coming up in a couple of weeks. So we're going to have Andrew on from that. Uh, we really kind of... Uh, do, do, do sort of a, a, a thousand foot view of, of what's going on with the game. We don't really get into the numbers themselves, but we, we give our takes on what, uh, what, what went on in the previous game. We hand out our stupid re- awards, uh, the, the game ball and tile of shame awards uh, for the best performance and worst performance of the game. And uh, just chat and have a good time. At the very end, uh, my co-hosts and I, Ashlyn and uh, Jamie, will uh, we'll, we'll discuss what we call a final thought, uh, which is 
pretty much the, the Jerry Springer kind of final thought, anything that you might have. Typically, it's, it's turned into Star Wars or Game of Thrones or whatever, but it's just kind of what's on our mind, and we'll give a, a quick take on that and just have a, a good time. It's, it's a pleasure doing it. Uh, we really enjoy what we do we'll occasionally have a, a guest on uh you guys have been have joined us before uh den josh and uh it's always a pleasure doing it we had a great time doing a live show in spartanburg um man that that was that that was amazing josh you were there on it and as we were wrapping it up uh the entire our special teams core were the, the specialists were all walking out that yeah. just that cracked me up like ah oh, we just missed an opportunity for a great interview here but I'm sure they, they they wanted to sit down and talk to us really bad, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> and, and they wanted Keith, to drink wine. <laughs> right, and Keith, right. Keith also has the uh, the best uh, radio voice that we all oh, strive thank for you, Dan. Thank here you. on the network. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> agreed. Uh, finally, with us, I'll I'll put uh, me and Chris up here. Uh, me, Chris, and Bobby. We we're on the uh, Keep Pound Den podcast. I'm here out of Boston, um, and these guys join me remotely. So we. Uh, you know what do we do? Um, we do everything. We, we play stupid games. We uh, we talk about how Anquan Bolden should have been a Panther. No, we talk you talk about. about um, <laughs> uh, I don't. know. We have some guests on. We we, we kind of touch it all, and, and we're all, we're bringing it on on live now too. So we want to hear what you guys have to say. Uh, kind of go off your comments and um, address the uh, the hotter takes, if you will, in the uh, in the Riot Network world. So again, uh, it is fun, awesome being here on the family. Uh, four podcasts, all powered by Ortho Carolina. They make it all happen, and uh, we'll be uh, we'll be doing some stuff on the road too, as well, Chris. So, and we'll 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 join up and we'll we'll do a bunch of these. Maybe we'll do one in person someday, guys. How's that? Uh, I thought Keith was going for some sunglasses too. No, nope, so you excited. put yours on. I took mine off. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, guys, we're just about, we're about out of time. We are out of time. We're not just about Bye. out of time. We're gonna uh, let you guys go back to your Labor Day weekend. Thanks for. Uh, Josh is really waving over there. We're going to go back to the four-way. Well, you guys enjoy your Labor Day weekend, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, next week. Week one, Dallas Cowboys, bring it. Hands see you guys. Go Panthers. Shaka bra. <laughs>